Welcome to the New Earth Architectress, where we'll be exploring together what is an architectress, what is the new earth, and how is the evolution in consciousness paving the way for your leading role in architecture. I'm your host, Aisha Rose Melody Hassan, and I'm so excited to share with you what's possible when you lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and your divine calling. If you're a woman architect or designer who's hearing a deep call to take your stand as an ancient temple builder of the future, welcome. Now is the time and we are the ones. Hello and welcome to another episode of the New Earth Architectress podcast. So today is a special day. We have house healer and geomancer Nikki Kopmans on the show. She is an amazing colleague of mine who has uh, inspires me always about working with energies in your home, working with energies on the land, working with energies uh, within relationships with people and how these energies, being aware of these energies and having a conscious relationship with these energies helps to foster healing, grounding uh, spaces that nourish people's souls. So it's a delight to have you on the show, Nikki. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I always enjoy our conversations and uh, yeah. yeah. We have a nice um, uh, mutual inspiration kind of energy going on. So, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, for all, thank you, Nikki. So wonderful uh, to, to have you again. Um, for, for audience members who don't know and who don't follow our Instagram uh, profiles, Nikki and I have been it's been like, it's a bit over a year, year and a half now we've been doing uh, like twice a month uh, Instagram lives uh, on our show called the energy of houses and properties. So we will add a, my team will add a link to both of, you know, to, to Nikki's profile and to the YouTube videos. So you can, you can watch, you can watch those. Um, all right, so I have so many questions I want to ask you. And uh, first, let's start with your background, Nikki. For audience members who don't know your work, can you share how you got into house healing work, geomancy? And uh, yeah, what do you do? Um, I think I was... Uh in my late teens that I started to notice that I just noticed a lot more than my classmates were and I was lucky enough to work uh, in a restaurant as a side job and I met someone there who was a very spiritual person so I got I had somebody in my environment to talk about these energy stuff and um, she advised me to do an intuitive uh, development training course with a certain person and I did that I think I was 19 and um, it all snowballed from there because there I learned about energies that I was not the only one who 
uh, was aware of certain energies around you. And uh, from that point on, I followed a lot of trainings in body healing, all different kinds of things I did. And then once, once upon a day, I uh, was at a dowsing training and I was walking around with these rods. And then I really was like, oh, but this is it. This is everything that I notice around me. It, I got a vocabulary for it. And I learned about the word geomancy because geomancy ties in uh, bodies, experiences, places, uh, the environment. So from that point on, I had really uh, a direction to follow more training. So it's a little bit of interest, maybe uh, natural talent, maybe training. So I was lucky enough to train from a very early age. Uh, and then, yeah, there it was the day that I started uh, my company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Love it. And such a, a, a such a gift that you were able to start to, to train from a very early age. And what I hear also is that these the dousing work confirmed what you already felt inside you, confirmed what you felt, sensed, heard, um, uh, but that it it put vocabulary to those feelings. It put um it, almost even like a science to your intuition, right? Anchoring it uh, like, wow, I have the tools to actually confirm, to confirm yeah. my intuition. It also learned me that you need to, in some way, uh, satisfy the mind in order to be able to describe whatever you are experiencing. If you have no vocabulary, then you can just say, yeah, but you just see that or you feel that or you taste that, but you don't know how and why and how these mechanisms inside your body are functioning. So it's a whole, um, and it still is, uh, discovery of experiencing and learning about how your own body is basically an antenna for um, feeling all different kinds of energies around you. Oh, incredible. And with your work, with your the work that you do with your clients, you're a house healer. Do you guide them through uh, learning how to use their body as an antenna? Do you guide them through how they can feel into their spaces, into their the energy of their properties? Yes. What usually happens because I am there, um, it kind of forces them to just sit and experience the space in a way they can't with, without me. And they probably never ever have done that only on a, some kind of subconscious level of not feeling comfortable in their own house. But if you really sit down and that does take training and not everybody has you know, decades of training like I did, but it forces you to just experience and try to find uh, an expression to that feeling or sensing whatever you are experiencing. And because I'm there and I see what happens or feel what happens, I can help them put that experience into words and then comes story. And then the story is always a clue of what is really going on at a certain place. Amazing. 
I'm just having just a bit of a tech issue with my um, my speaker. So uh, I think we're just going to continue with my laptop speaker. And so hopefully that doesn't is not too jarring for for listeners, but we'll just continue with my laptop speaker. Um, yeah, I I hear that that is a um, yeah, an integral part of the way that you work to to guide your clients through sensing energies as well to the extent that yeah and then of course you're holding the space for that through your your uh more advanced abilities to to sense those energies um nikki can you share you talk about uh helping people to birth their or to to create their own personal power space or place rather, their own personal power place. Can you talk a little bit about that? What's involved and why do people need this? I mean, you know, some people could just be like, well, a house is a house and, you know, make it pretty, you know, make a new, nice new, you know, front door and paint it pretty and call it a day. What, what's, what are you teaching here with uh, supporting people to create this personal power place? If you use your home as a mirror, and I believe everything around us is a mirror, a reflection of what we are experiencing within ourselves, um, it, is, it is a very easy way. And if clients come to me when they are not comfortable in their own home, for whatever reason. So uh, that's my tool. That's how uh, I work. And if you establish relationship with your home on a very conscious level you will be able to notice much quicker what's going on within you and steer from there uh, in the way that you want it to be because usually we are so wired that we see the negative things and the negative uh, spaces because our brain is wired to survival so when it's everything is okay if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But if something is wrong, then or you, you desire something and you cannot get there, then is your home a very big, giant friend you could use in order to steer your life in the direction you'd like it to be. Oh, On top that. of that, there are spaces and places in the world that might not be so comfortable for us humans energy-wise to live but even that you can change with your attention and awareness and if you are at such a space there is a reason for it it always um, gives you a sign of whatever needs to be developed within you so yeah and if 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 you do that if you establish that relationship with your home you are comfortable with your home your home will protect you but it will also um, uh, have a dripple effect on the surroundings outside of your home so it could even affect you know the whole street if you really you know shine the light it is just an amplifier of um, yes yeah, spreading a certain energies within the environment I love this, Nikki. 
I'm going to take a pause before I reflect back here uh, to get my other microphone. So we're just going to pause here and then I'm going to reflect back on what you just shared here. All right, so we're back with a proper uh, a backup microphone for me. Uh, so Nikki, I love how you talk about your a home as a potential of being your big giant friend. Um, and also, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Uh, that's that's an important, um, you know, uh, a, you know, we gotta we gotta just be real about that. You know, that we don't need to to heal everything and every you know uh, you know do over healing or over spiritual land healing work or any of that stuff. Um, and uh, you're saying that when people are feeling that there is an issue, that there is a problem, that there's a reason why they've attracted the property and that it could be um, showing them, giving them an opportunity to, to, to improve themselves, to transform. Do you wanna speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, it really depends on, on the issue and how you translate that issue. And sometimes, you know, this mind doesn't necessarily come up with a story for it, as long as you are able to connect with the energy and integrate this particular energy. And sometimes this happens that people uh, experience a certain energetic phenomena as a ghost. It doesn't necessarily have to be a ghost. But it could be in a ghost. I mean, some diseased person. That's what I mean with a ghost. And you read all about these stories that uh, there has been a war and there's a, this dead soldier standing in the corner. It doesn't necessarily have to be a dead soldier standing in the corner. It could be. But it is translation of the people who are there of how they experience this particular kind of energy. Hmm. The same goes of uh, when it's a uh, great auntie, whatever, <laughs> um, they experience this energy that makes them think about their great aunt, whatever her name was. And that's all fine because it is a way to integrate this certain energy. Hmm. And then will people, they will associate what, this energy means to them mm. and then there will follow a lesson but it's all the story and whatever the story is is maybe not so much important it's just a way of our minds how to translate mm. this certain kind of energy yeah it could like a could be anything or a reoccurring illness or a certain mindset right and, and as you were speaking, Nikki, I've just thought about this big puzzle, right? And that each occurrence, you know, if you do experience a ghost on your property or, um, you know, I don't know, a frustrating uh, interaction with your neighbors or, I don't know, loud sounds or um, discomfort, right? Unease, uh, lack of, if, you know, uh, bad sleep that 
the environment, what I'm hearing you're saying, the environment is showing you and leading you to the right clues to piece the puzzle back together again. You use the word integrate. This is so key with a lot of uh, land healing or uh, spiritual work. We hear a lot about clearing away, which is important, right? To, to clear away, make room for the new. Um, and this word integration uh, is, is pretty profound. And um, can you share some examples of some, you know, some success stories of aha moments for your clients where they had that, that uh, integration healing, you know, which is a healing process, which is a healing process. Yeah. Um, it all starts with taking responsibility for your own energies and that of your space. That's the basic start. And uh, I once had a client, um, I think you've heard the story before, but uh, I'll tell it again. Um, she was doing a project, a building project, and she had really uh, problems with uh, getting the right permits from city council. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, that, that's, uh, that's okay, I come to help, but we're gonna start with your own home. Yes, but I don't have a problem in my own house. I said, I don't care. We're gonna start with your own home oh. as well. Cause if there is a problem in the work phase, this energy needs to be in your own home as well. Cause it is an extension of your own life. And it is, as to say, a scale further down the road. And I'd like to go to the core of this situation. So we started in our own home and it was a nice home. There was nothing really wrong with it, apart from the fact that um, she totally forgot about a piece of land that was actually um, uh, next to her own land that she forgot that was hers. It was in her name, but the neighbor had her uh, sheep on that piece of property. Uh -huh. And she was totally, you know, not aware that it was her own piece of land. So whatever she did, she did not take responsibility of that piece of property that was hers. So we fixed that. We recreated the whole loan. And then the, the, the building project went smooth. So yeah. two weeks after we started working on the property and there was a lot wrong with the property as well. There were a lot of ghosts and yucky stuff there what we could not have worked on that property as effectively before she took up ownership of her own personal power Face. place before wow. she could take on the next level so two weeks after we worked on her home we worked on the property where this project was supposed to be going on and a couple of weeks later, I received an email that the permits were signed and everything. Amazing. And this project had been up in the air for over two years. Wow, Nikki, so that's you, huge. You cannot really say it is because of the energy work. But to me, it is yeah, because of the energy work. Yeah, yeah. And this is such a perfect example, especially for the audience 
members who are women architects and designers uh, who are really looking for a new way to approach project planning. Um, you know, this is a perfect example of how energetics, being conscious of energy, working with energy, developing an awareness and a relationship with energy, and guiding your clients through that uh, process of awareness will lead to the most practical results. You know, there's so often I have worked with clients where maybe, if, if, especially if it's a, a house project where one of the, the partners is more leaning towards the energy work, spiritual work, and the other one is more practical. With the track record in general, it's the male. It's general, it's the, the, the male partner who is more um, skeptical about the energy work, although that's not you know, I've, I've experienced the opposite as well, where the male is much more interested in the energy work, but generally it's that way. And, and so there's the skepticism. And then there's also this, why do we need to be investing in this? Because this is all extra stuff. Let's do all the spiritual energetic work after we get the building permit, right? After the house is built, you know what, we'll just, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, uh, set aside a certain amount of the, the interior work budget for beautifying and doing all the spiritual stuff, right? And I always share with my clients right from the get-go that if you don't lay the proper energetic foundations right in the beginning, you are going to run into building permit issues. You're going to run, like these are examples of what's mm -hmm. possible. You know, you may run into uh, a block, a um, financial block. Uh, you may not be able to find the right builders. You may not be able to, um, you know, really feel comfortable and grounded and uh, nourished, fully nourished in the space that mm -hmm. that gets built. So, congratulations on these success stories, Nikki. Like this is this is big, and it's you know what it is. It's like, yeah, it's efficient. Why do we want to be I mean, the two years of their project being on hold must have cost them time, right? Because it took a long time, costs them energy and, mm -hmm. uh, and money as yeah. well. So what I love also about you, Nikki, is that you really bring the, the world of spiritual energetics down to a grounded level. We can have a really grounded conversation where the most people can understand you, right? And uh, I think that that's what's really important to, for us to do moving forward, um, to, to bridge this, this world of spirit with matter, with practical mm -hmm. uh, things, with the practical world, so that we can live in a way that is much, um, yeah, much eat more more easeful, right? And uh, and and that we allow these experiences to teach us something about ourselves. That's I mm -hmm. think one of the key pieces. Yeah, and and if you are an architect, you have to also be aware of your own space. 
but also about the client yes. in their home because so it might also be not the client's issue but because you take on the responsibility of this project it tells yeah. you anything and if not everything about you as a person as well because you took on this assignment of creating this new project so you have to be aware of your own stuff but also of that of the client so you have this to look key. at it from every angle this is gold this is really golden information nikki and your uh what you said about with the architects you have to look at your own space um it brings up a lot of memories uh, uh, of me working in different offices around the world um, before I opened up my own practice. And, you know, a lot of the spaces that architects work in are not very nourishing. There have been some, some really beautiful ones, creative, and you can feel that everyone is much happier in those spaces. There's sometimes we, there are moments where you have music playing and there's art on the wall and there's plants, right? That's beautiful. But there's been a lot of spaces where it's like, oh my God, how many times, like everybody's wearing gray, a different <laughs> color, sh shade of gray, black, okay, maybe white, you know? Um, and then and then the the configuration of the furniture and the desks were not conducive to um, an enriching uh, environment. So, but then also taking a look up at ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Our expectations, yeah. our inner world, right? Our inner temple. It's such a great teaching. Yeah. And then again, it's not about the color of the sofa, but it is also about the color of the sofa. <laughs> so if an environment is just gray, two gray environments could feel totally different. Yeah. So it's not oh, even it's a good example. really yeah. necessary to yeah. change all the decor around you. And I will always say plants will help, mm. but um, it is possible to change, right. you know, a piece of brick and have it uh, and give it a different kind of energy than just being uh, gray and boring. Right. And right. So it is possible. So don't let that withhold you from playing with the energies in your environment even if it's not possible for you to change yeah. your office and that's where what you're talking about nikki uh i love that example you know where it's like okay the it is the color of the sofa and it's not the color of the sofa at the same time and two offices that are gray tones in color may have two to they may feel totally different energetically from each other and then that really puts the also the 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 need the importance from my perspective and i know that you share some common um uh windows or insights into this is that the the buildings are in two different locations even if they're in the same city let's say they're on a different piece of land and those that land has different energetics the history of the building has different energetics. Is it new? Is it old? When was it built? Who built it? What direction is it facing? Um, and not getting into like hardcore rule bound, like, oh, if it's not facing south, you know, oh, it's horrible. No, but 
to understand that each space, each place has a different flavor and has a whole different bundle of energies that come with it. And I think that's, that's really what we need to be looking at more and more as architects, designers, as house healers, right? People who are looking at the subtle dimensions of, of space and, and uh, supporting people in creating happier, healthier environments. Yeah. yeah. And it could, you know, if you start working with energies, it could be as practical that, you know, there might be a corner in your garden that nothing grew and you start working with the energies and suddenly flowers are blossoming. Yeah, It is very much possible that you upgrade the energies so much that other beings in that surrounding will flourish. So beautiful. Yeah. And it, so it, it is not all, all yeah. woo woo and uh, vague, and it could be yeah. really results. Farmers are doing this as well, and they have a bigger, higher quality of their crops. Yeah, less yeah. illnesses in their stock. Uh, yeah. li well, livestock is that the right word? Yeah, I think yeah, livestock exactly. Cattle, better milk, right? Better, yeah. better fat <laughs> accumulated, better feeding. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, Nikki, that. Um, two things came up. Patrick McManaway, you've worked with him before. He's a geomancer. I interviewed him in, I think it was the first interview series we had, uh, the Sacred Blueprint interview series. Um, he works a lot with farmers and the mm -hmm. agriculture. And I know you've trained with him, correct? Yeah. Uh, before you've, yeah, you've met or trained with him. That's amazing. Um, and I remember being introduced to what he calls power towers. There's someone else in Australia who I also have, um, I've studied her, her works, Alana Moore. She was the head of the British Society of Dowsers for a while. She does permaculture and all this stuff and she's a geomancer. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I first remember reading about power towers through Patrick, I think. And so these are these like, um, uh, actually basically these pipes plumbing pipes just like a straight pipe plastic mm -hmm. pipe which is filled with basalt or paramagnetic rock and um and placed at a power spot at a, an ideal sweet spot on the property and that acts kind of like an antenna a connector piece between earth and sky and helps to radiate emanate um healing life force energy that supports mm -hmm. the abundance of crops yeah, yeah they, it, uh, i think they these uh pipes function as an oracle accumulator they get energy yes. from the environment yeah but again if you do that with your home you don't need gadgets like that you can work with the energies as well gadgets help i yeah. i'm they will help because you give a bit of your awareness into a tool yeah. so you don't have to actively work Helps on focus. it all yeah. the time. Yeah. And, but you have to really be aware. And that's why it starts with being aware of energies because they can destroy a lot of, uh, when it's too forceful, they can be destroy those intentions yeah. okay yeah In, instead yeah. of being helpful it could be overpowering 
So you have to be really aware of what you're doing. So if you are attracted to these kinds of tools, make sure you find someone who knows what he or she is doing and teaches you about it. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, always to, yeah, be sure that you know exactly how you're you're going to proceed there. And I do agree that it does provide some a reminder it helps you to hold the focus the intention uh you know in there were um these kinds of uh tall i mean standing stones are an example of that mm -hmm. um, exactly an right? altar an altar is an example of that there are all kinds of tools that were used in ancient uh cultures to to harness the energies of the land uh and also you know it's not only about the harnessing it's also about giving thanks giving thanks to the nature spirits giving thanks to mother gaia giving it was incorporated in ritual it was incorporated into daily practice monthly practice and it reminds me of the um uh the the, the fairy tales that i read to my son uh where there's like like they're just ones that are more related to you know um uh, gnomes and fairies and all that and you know the farmers would be giving either milk honey butter mm -hmm. to to these nature spirits these beings and they would support them in they would guarantee a really good crop for the next the next year i can't tell you how many stories i've read with that similar message and i i think it's you know i think what you're doing nikki is you're bringing that message back but in a much more contemporary much more modern way that is about more the exploration of self right and your relationship with your home does that sound yeah yeah isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we are in different times so we have uh, different problems uh, than you know a couple of centuries ago ago uh, yeah. where we need to deal with so yeah yeah uh, why not be practical about it and yes we learn from these ancient traditions and in in the basic it is the same thing, but the interpretation and the times are different, but the energies are similar. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, Nikki. Wow. So many insights. You know, as we wrap up this, this uh, episode, what I would love for you to share some of your advice for women architects women designers geomancers people who are work want to work with energies on their um you know visionaries who want to start to bridge the world of spirit with design um i have a lot of i have a lot of clients and women that i speak with that are really nervous about talking about the world of spirit and energy that they think that they're going to lose clients lose projects um and they're scared you know they're scared of coming out of the i don't know the woo-woo closet whatever you want to call it 
what advice uh, would you have for these these women? Uh, talk about it in um, grounding way. Yeah, because if you are an architect, you are speaking about um, uh, the uh, I don't know the right word in English, but the charisma of a building. What yeah. is that? Charisma is also a word in English. Yeah. yeah, but but you don't oh. really say that about a building. You say that about a person, but like a know, character or yeah, you you use vocabulary like that. And if you are an interior decorator, you right. are all about atmosphere. Yeah, so use that kind of word because everybody I talk to, everybody knows that feeling when you walk into a room, especially when you're looking for a new home, you sense like this is it or this is just not it yeah and this whatever you call that this i call it atmosphere right you can speak about that freely you don't need to talk about elves and spirits and yeah. ghosts right from the start but you can start with that and build from that so yeah. if you have if you use a, a specific color of brick it will get, feel more warm or if you use steel, it will feel more cold. These are normal expressions. And you can talk without about that without any yeah. shame. And then you will feel and sense from your client how far they are willing to go with that. And then maybe there is an opening of talking about the atmosphere of the garden and the nature spirits that belong to it or not. Yeah. And if, if, if they're not open to that, then don't. Just talk about atmosphere. Yeah. And let them experience it. Put them in that corner that doesn't feel so comfortable and let them tell you how does it feel. And then you will know which kind of words you, uh, you could use and build from that. But love it. don't yeah. feel ashamed about expressing your emotions and senses if it helps your design because design is all about feeling and and practical stuff as well but looks are very much important and whatever words you use for the looks of it you can build from that i don't see any issue i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i love it yeah it just is this world of feeling encouraging your clients to get involved also in the feeling of that atmosphere, putting them in that specific location of that room of that space and getting them to experience how it feels, you know, that is really, I mean, that's just so empowering, Nikki, you know, to also uh, allow your client to sense the space so that you can start to read what wants to birth through them what wants to come through them rather than hanging on to I'm just giving an example of how I have worked in the past how other architects continue to work where we are hanging on to a whole bunch of architecture ideas and we just want to impose it onto our clients and then we get frustrated and bitter when the project doesn't go well I mean it's a two-way street it's mm -hmm. a two-way street but to go into this, what you're sharing, this act of co-creation, exploring, asking questions, investigating, how does the space feel? You just know it. You know it when this is the house you're going to buy or when it's like, uh, 
it doesn't feel good, right? And to start to develop this more grounded vocabulary, just because it's grounded also doesn't mean it's not spiritual. Exactly. And never forget, if people experience something, it becomes real. It becomes a reality. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. You can talk about it for hours and hours yeah. and hours, and it will not come across. But if you put them on a certain spot, they will feel it or not feel it, which is also okay. But that's also an experience. That's also an experience. So don't hesitate to do that. Yeah. Please don't. Yeah. More of this interactive work is, I think, the key to the future. And I just got shivers to that it becomes more of a reality when they experience it. And so much magic occurs when when that when that happens rather than being in separate offices separate spaces architects working over there in the office on the property and client is like i wonder when those drawings are going to come right like you know and there can be a lot of that uh, unnecessary tension um uh, but if you co-create and feel into and discover right and be curious like a child yeah Amazing. Oh, Nikki, so many um, insights. And uh, this has been such an enriching conversation. And I trust that the women who are listening, men as well, perhaps too, uh, are receiving a lot of beautiful keys, tools, um, tips, and, and wisdom from, from your, your shares. I'm very grateful for all the work that you do <laughs> and grateful that you are helping to help build a better world through, through your house healing and geomancy work. Well, thank you for having me and keep on going. Yes, great. So Nikki, just as uh, the, the low battery sign comes up, I had a, everyone, I had a power outage today. So we're like on this like ticking clock here. Uh, Nikki, do share uh, briefly how people can get in touch with you if they want uh, some consultations on the, the energies of their home or garden or go hotel, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go, come to me over social media, Instagram, Facebook, or over my website. My website is still in Dutch, but I understand German and English perfectly. So you can write me an email and then we go from there. Beautiful. So Nikki's website is happyholon.com, correct? It's a .com. .nl. Oh, .nl. .nl. And uh, we will add all of Nikki's links, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're going to link those all up in, in the description of this podcast uh, episode. So you'll be able to easily access them. Thank you so much, Nikki, for your time and uh, look forward to our next Instagram live. Exactly. <laughs> See you doing. Right. Thanks a lot, Aisha. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the New Earth Architectress. It's my intention to inspire more women architects and designers to come out of hiding and unleash their intuitive powers to lead a prospering design practice aligned with spirit and their divine calling while making a powerful impact on earth. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, 
leave a five-star review on iTunes, and share this episode with women who you know are feeling the nudges to take the big leap and bridge spirit with design. You can find out more about me and the New Earth Architect Dress Movement by visiting AishaRoseMelodyHassan.com. Until next time, gule gule.